the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to The Situation Report. This is the show where we give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stolicker and I am your host for today's show. And we're jumping into a topic that we've actually discussed before. We've discussed it before. I'm confident we will discuss it again. The reason is simple. It keeps coming up. That topic is the topic of cancel culture. Cancel culture is a phrase that most of us had never even heard up until the very recent past. It is the idea or the understanding that in our current culture, if you don't agree with the loudest voices, and typically right now the loudest voices are left of center, if you insist on saying things that are not in line with the loudest voices, then you need to be canceled. You need to be silenced. Uh, This is unfortunate because as this continues to happen, the loudest voices are the only voices that anyone can hear. We have an example of that before us today, and I'm so thankful for our guest, John Schneider. John Schnatter is with us. You may know that name. You may know him better as Papa John's. He is the founder and former CEO of Papa John's Pizza and uh, has gone through, um, I won't say a process, but a terrible canceling. And uh, I'm thankful that you join us, and I'm thankful that you're speaking out on this very, very important topic. And uh, you have such a great voice on this. Thank you for doing it. Uh, Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Let's, uh, before we get into this conversation, let's start by this. Maybe you can give us your background a little bit. Um, and my big question is, how does one come to start a billion-dollar uh, <laughs> pizza company? Um, I remember in college 20 years ago, uh, I could either get the cheap pizza or we could save our money and spring for uh, a good pizza and uh, get Papa John's, and that's what we did. That was a treat. Um, great company that you built. How, how did you come to that? Well, thank you first for the uh, the business, and uh, we appreciate that. Yes, sir. Um, when I was uh, 15 in Rockies, I was washing dishes, and um, I hated washing dishes. And um, right across from where I washed dishes, uh, Joe and John Frank Fondrisi made pizzas. And so my aspirations at 15 were if I could just graduate from washing dishes and make pizzas, what a life. And um, finally, they got so busy that uh, the Fongisi brothers had to go to the front of the restaurant. Mm. <clears throat> I got promoted from dishwasher to pizza maker and just fell in love with making pizzas at yeah. uh, 15. I liked making the dough. I liked the sauce. I liked the fact it brings friends and family together. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was what I wanted to do. I made pizzas at Greek's uh, Pizzeria in Muncie, Indiana, uh, Jeremy. Uh, that's how I got through college. Uh, Karen Rossini was, uh, was a founder and he was my mentor. So. I learned from Italians, real Italians, authentic Italians, yeah. Joe, John, and Frank Fondrisi. Awesome. And then I learned, I learned a little bit about volume and organization and speed from uh, Chris Caramassini up at Greek's Pizzeria. So I had this idea to start my own franchise in 1982. Had the name, recipes, uh, design of the store, <clears throat> et cetera, um, but I didn't have the money. 
So I graduated from college, Ball State, in uh, 1984, and um, went uh, went back to Jeffersonville, Indiana, my hometown. And my dad had a bar that was bankrupt, and we were about sixty-four thousand dollars in bankruptcy, wow. selling fifty-cent beers. And I thought, no way we'll get this, you know, out of bankruptcy. Right. And about seven or eight, nine days in, my dad came in. I said, Dad, this is pretty bad shape. I mean, we're uh, we're selling 50 cent beers and the bill collectors are coming in every day and we don't have the money. And he said, well, just do the best you can and, and make the losses as little as possible. And that's all you can do, son. <clears throat> and then about a week later, I went to him and I said, Dad, I think I can fix this. He said, you're not going to fix this. I said, but I love it. I love small business, Dad. I, I love being in business for myself. I love the employees. I like knowing that if I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be, do, be doing yeah. fundamentally, the beer's cold, the McBurgers are hot, the place is clean, you got personal staff, um, then you get rewarded with return business, mm. uh, consumer loyalty. So here I am, 21 years old. Um, I found something I love to do, making pizzas. And then I found something I was good at, running a business. And I thought, hey, why don't I start selling five-hour pizzas out the back, 50-cent uh, McBurgers here, and 50 cent beers in the front. And that was yeah. the concept of which we started. Uh, people liked the pizza. We built one, then we built two, then we built three, and mm. then eventually we built 5,000. So yeah. I was real fortunate to find what I love to do and what I was good at at an early age. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you built an incredible company. <laughs> it's funny the things we talk about, right? We were talking about pizza last week when we knew you were coming on the show. And one of the things about Papa John's Pizza is the consistency. It's it's the same every time you get it because your processes and what you built in place um, is a fantastic company. Uh, you built it from the ground up. You represented it out front. And then something happened that caused some people to try to take that away from you. Can you talk about that incident? This is such an important conversation because this is happening not just to people like like John Schnatter. This is help happening to people who don't have the influence that you have or you know the platform that you have. But if it can happen to you, it can happen to any of us. Can you tell us kind of what the story is there? I remember hearing about this but did not understand it until I really started to look into it. Yeah, Jeremy, you know the saying uh, with prosperity, uh, your friends know who you are. Mm. And in adversity, you know who your friends sure. are. Sure, yeah. And we had Papa John's uh, cross the 5,000 store barrier. We're EBITDA's $200 million a year. And I've been doing this since I was 15. I was trying to build a succession plan, had a succession plan in place. And we made it look kind of easy. And mm. when you're really, really good at something, you make it look easy. Right. Well, we had a, a couple board members that thought, um, and they had in their own self-interest that thought, okay, if we can move John out of the way, we can kind of take over Papa John's and we can run it better than John's running it. And um, they set me up with an agency. In other words, the, uh, some of the board members of Papa John's hired an ad agency to try to provoke me to say something uh, that was gonna hurt me. And then <clears throat> once I said it, they were actually reversed what I said went to Forbes, Forbes didn't fact uh, check the situation and blew me up. And uh, mm. unfortunately I had a weak board and they went along with it. Um, uh, then on top of that, once they blew me up, the company gave the agency a $2.3 million bonus, you know, paid them off. Um, so they get a bounty for actually setting the founder up. Now you go, how did you not see that John? Cause I never saw this coming. I mean, I never had a fight with the board. Right. 
I assumed if there was a problem, we'd have a cup of coffee or work things out, et cetera. Yep. And, um, you know, it just came to be that they wanted that, they wanted the company and they wanted me out. And so they, they, they set me up. Um, if you do get accused of cancel culture and you get in that mess, which is, you know, again, 80% of our problems in this country are created by 3% of the stinkers. So <laughs> the boisterous, the ones that are loud, right, right. you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease, they can cause a lot of problems. Yeah. But if you get accused and you're guilty, take the hit, you know, own it. If you get accused and you're not guilty, you got to fight like hell. Yeah. And I've got a great team around me. We've pretty well set uh, the record straight. It's taken a while. It's taken some litigation. But um, this, the board of directors of Papa John's set the founder up as a uh, racist on a false narrative in order to steal the company. And they're still t sticking to their story. Yeah. Um, and the reason you miss something like that, Jeremy, is you kind of go, it's so bizarre that people usually act in their own best interest. Yep. Nobody won here by painting the founder as a racist. Right. I didn't. My family didn't. They left Louisville, Kentucky hanging. My community lost. Mm. These people now had this on the resume. They know I'm not going to go away. Uh, there will be justice served here. They laid off all my employees in Louisville. 400, 500 families lost their jobs, Incredible. lost their income. Um, my franchisees are the only ones that I couldn't, that I've been able to, you know, save and promote. They're actually doing well. Most of that's because of COVID. But at the end of the day, this is what I call a lose, 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 lose. And usually yeah. basic human nature, people won't act in their uh, own worst interest. In this case, we had two board members that financially benefited from me leaving and they convinced the other ones to uh, be complicit and go along with this nonsense. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is MightyOaksPrograms.org. You were outspoken uh, about you know, a lot of kind of cultural issues um, while all of this was unfolding, was there something more than money involved in the desire to to take you out or for the board to usurp your position, or was it just that it was just it was financial motive, and that's all that it was? No, we weren't involved with culture issues at all. To the contrary, uh, we'll take um, the NFL conference call uh, November first to seventeenth. We'll use that as Exhibit A. I said. Let's get this solved, Goodell. Goodell, Goodell was dropping the sure. ball, Roger Goodell. I was hammering on the guy because he was doing a bad job. I said right. it was a debacle. 
created by Goodell. And I said, let's solve <laughs> this to the players and owner satisfaction. Within an hour, the media turned that into John's against players kneeling. Mm -hmm. I never said that and have, would not say that. Actually, I uh, forefronted criminal justice reform with Matt Bevin, Governor Bevin in Kentucky. So I, I was pro uh, reform, uh, reform justice and, and quality. Um, but when you have a board of directors and a company that goes along with it and is part of the setup, because they knew that, you know, successful, yeah. uh, somewhat conservative, um, you know, a lot of notoriety, a lot of celebrity, you're a sitting target in this culture to get shot at. And unfortunately, I didn't have any support around me. Unlike today, uh, with Proactive and Mark Serrano and his team, I have fantastic PR. If this would have happened under Serrano's watch, the day this went out on the 2nd of November, he would have said, he didn't say that. We'd have blasted all mm. the media that went yeah. out That's Papa John's uh, and their PR firm said, <clears throat> don't say anything, John, this will blow over. And I said, this is not gonna blow over. He said, nah, this will blow over, this is no big deal. And I said, you don't understand. They're painting me as a racist and I'm Papa John's, you can't not do anything. So the first thing you do is you put out, you blunt the false narrative, you set the record straight, and then you put me on a Maria Bartiroma or a show like yours or anywhere to say, no, 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 the media spun this and media had a, a feeding frenzy on a false narrative. And Papa John's didn't do that and cost the company and cost the franchisees and cost the, the employees a lot of heartache and a lot of financial losses. Yeah. And the false narrative was um, propagated or you know promoted in spite of evidence that you hold that that conversation that they're basing all of this in really wasn't the case. Well, exactly. Again, I had a very weak board. Um, you know, there was a lot of PR heat uh, the week this went down because the board of directors and management, I was no longer the CEO, weren't prepared for this. Right. And um, if they had a pre prepared for this, we'd have had a plan and we'd have been able to set the record straight. So they panicked. Uh, they did a lot of damage removing me from the office on a Sunday. And um, as a result, you know, a weak board yeah. uh, didn't create a special committee. They did after the fact, but by that time they'd already done the damage. Right. They didn't do an investigation. If they would have done an investigation, they'd have found out what Louis Free found out was uh, he didn't say anything that was anywhere near racist. There's no history. John treats everybody with kindness right. and respect. Uh, there's nothing in the culture that says that. Best places to work in Kentucky for five years. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, laundry service has two tapes. The one, the tape that they used to set me up, and the one, the mic, they left the mic, a hot mic <laughs> after right. I hung up the phone and recorded themselves saying, hey, we got the guy, we hope to send him out to pasture. and." other derogatory things. So total setup, Papa John's didn't do their due diligence. They violated their fiduciary duty to the chairman, to a fellow director, to the shareholders, to the employees, to the franchisees by not doing a proper investigation. If you slow the train down, <laughs> let's yeah. have a cup of coffee. Right. Let's put John on the back burner for 30 days while we found out what's going on. But again, I had a weak board. They yeah. were cowards, they panicked, and they caused a lot of damage with their actions. Yeah. And then the media and everyone else jumped on it and used this as, as leverage, as a big story. What do you think, in spite of maybe the mismanagement, but what do you think just culturally has led to this, what we call cancel culture, but this idea that you're not going to stop and ask questions if someone says something that's not exactly in line with what you think. Instead of giving them the benefit of the doubt, stepping back and asking what's going on, 
we're going to deplatform them. We will remove their company from them. Um, what what has culturally led to that? Where we wouldn't take thirty days and say what actually happened here before we, as you know, CNN or Fox or whoever, whoever's reporting these things, before we report this story, let's figure out if it's actually true. Why do we live in this? No, you're out. We're not asking questions. Time. Extremely dangerous. Um, I never thought in my lifetime I'd see where a sitting president. Um, has been taken, has lost his sure. freedom of speech. Yeah. Um, and basically, whether you agree or disagree, and a lot of my friends are on the left, so I have no problem with, with a healthy disagreement. Of course. If I don't challenge your judgment, I weaken you, and if you don't challenge my judgment, that's you right. weaken me. Yeah, that's right. But main, the mainstream media, media and, and Silicon Valley and the Internet, which are controlled by the left, if you don't uh, go along with their ideology and you've got power, uh, money, notoriety, they will scorch the earth. The, the upper, the, the Democrats or Republicans, common men, common uh, women that wake up every day and make our country great, they're just doing what they think is in their best interest of you know their families and their communities. Yeah. The upper echelon elite, progressive elite, will scorch the earth, uh, have no regard for humanity, for power and control. And um, I, I think it's very dangerous that if you don't think a certain way, you're going to be ostracized. You're going to be attacked. The reason we have great companies, whether it's Google or Apple or Microsoft or Ford Motor Company or Colonel Sanders with uh, KFC, um, is because we have one person, usually, sometimes there's two, um, but McDonald's brothers, there was two, two brothers, but that thinks differently, that thinks out of the box. And when you lose that, what I call independent critical yeah. judgment, yeah. you lose your ability to think for yourself and to have your own mind, um, then you're never going to have great innovation. Yeah. You're gonna have, not going to be have new technology. You're not going to advance uh, productivity and efficiencies. And so the left's ideology not only is very dangerous, not only is it a losing hand, um, i.e. money grows on tree, We'll spend ourselves into oblivion. Yeah. We don't protect our borders. Oh, by the way, if you're a blue city and you want to tear up the city, uh, tear it up. And while you're tearing it up, we're going to defund the police so you don't right. need protection so you can further tear <laughs> right. it up. Right. We're going to print money to cause inflation. We're going to devalue the dollar. Yep. And oh, by the way, we're going to give the Afghanistan's Taliban $85 billion in assets. I mean, they left a military base, <laughs> yep. perfectly good military yep. base, in $85 billion. Yep. So you have an ideology that's extremely uh, wrong, but if you challenge that ideology, then the mainstream media is in the left, upper elite left's hip pocket, and they're going to attack you. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if you're Trump or the Mr. Pillow guy or, or myself or Charles Koch or uh, Herman Cain, God bless his soul. I mean, it just, you cannot agree. And even if you're right, and even if you want to have an honorable healthy debate they don't go there they don't let you go there they attack you personally yep. so they can't take you away from your character your principles your values so then they fabricate in my case the, the race issue to to bring somebody down and then unfortunately the media uh, mainstream media went along with it probably because they thought i was conservative or thought i was a trump supporter etc sure. and i had a board of directors that sit there and let me get crucified so you are fighting back, and um, I'm grateful that you are. You have representation, and 
you're getting this message out there and you're getting it out there um, in a big way. Uh, how, how can people who, as you mentioned, are going about their lives, working their jobs, doing what's in their best interest, <laughs> how can they, number one, realize that it's in their best interest to fight back against this cancel culture? And, and two, how do they stand up and fight? It, it feels very overwhelming. And you use the Afghanistan example. Uh, as a veteran and as someone who serves veterans, it's overwhelming to see what's happening, and it feels like there's nothing that can be done. But as a conservative and, you know, for me as a Christian, speaking to some of these issues, the, le- the left is so loud <laughs> that you really do feel like, I just need to be quiet and keep this to myself. That's not in my best interest. That's not in our best interest. But how do we stand up and fight against that, as you are? Well, you, I think not one shoe fits all. I think it's up to the individual. Mm-hmm. Trump, for example, he has the resources and the firepower to fight this. Right. Um, by the way, I think Trump's the only guy in D.C. that's not on the take. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how's Mitch, Mitch McConnell's been in there 28 years? He's worth $35 million. Right. How do you make $35 Nancy <laughs> Public Pelosi's servant. Worth, a, <laughs> worth $120 million. Yeah. I mean, how do they make hundreds and tens of millions of dollars yeah. if they're not on the take? And we could go down that road. Yep. Um, General Flynn, uh, Michael Flynn. I mean, that poor guy stood up for the truth, uh, did the right thing, fought the good battle, but he ran out of, I think his legal bill was five or six million. I'm in a position where I can <clears throat> have the resources yeah. to set the record straight. A is I want to do it for myself. B is it's the truth. And C yeah. is, I, you know, I want my kids and grandkids to have to live with this nonsense. Yeah. So um, I think you just got to, you know, Stick to your principles, stick to your values, and, and no right from wrong, and and fight like hell. Um, but at the same time, um, this these these people are vicious. I mean, they are vicious. There's no regard for some, you know. You take Papa John's, you build five thousand stores out of a broom closet. You play it by the book. You create. I think the company was over three billion dollars when I left in, in value. You hire one hundred twenty thousand employees out of a broom closet. We've spent some $80 million in Louisville on charities, yep. you know, stadiums and special, uh, you know, ed and colleges and, and needs, et cetera. And then they fabricate something and they, they can run you in one day yeah. on a false narrative. And in my case, shame on me, I had a really weak board around me and I had uh, weak management around me. I had no PR support and I had folks that wanted to be John. Um, and they wanted my job. They wanted yeah. 200 million a year. And, um, you know, as Brutus did to Caesar, you know, mm-hmm. I got stabbed in the back. And, uh, but, you know, it's done. It's over. We're setting the record straight. We will get to the bottom of this. Uh, we don't need a two inch violin for a two minute pity party for John. Sure. Uh, you got to play the next play here. Sure. And uh, I think to answer your question, I think good and compassion and love and respect for your fellow uh, man and woman, I think that in the end will supersede all this evil deception manipulation uh i believe that that good will supersede good. but it sure uh, it sure takes some time yeah that's good uh john we're going to push this out of course um where can people who are listening or watching follow you and and even share you know content like this for others well we have um quite a bit on instagram it's the papa john schnatter and we're on TikTok um, with the Papa John Schneider. We try to bring something in with uh, business, 
um, or small business in particular. I'm a big fan of small businesses. I yeah. know you guys are too. And yeah. I want to take a moment here and thank uh, you and Chad for all you've done. Um, remember, our first president was the head of the military. Mm. So uh, the government's first and most important priority is to protect us, yeah, protect those right. borders. And it's because of folks like you uh, and the rest of these uh, uh, great military servicemen and women that protect us every day and keep us safe so we can go out and build businesses. In other words, if it wasn't for you and your colleagues, mm. um, I would have never been able to build Papa John's because I wouldn't be have the freedoms and freedoms are everything. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for standing up and fighting. Uh, we need pe people to stand up and fight. People we can get behind, frankly, and uh, you're one of those. So thank you for doing it. And uh, hopefully we can have this discussion again, uh, maybe on the other side of this when, when the record has been str set straight. And I uh, just so appreciate your time. Thank you. Yes, Thanks, sir. Jeremy. I appreciate John's perspective on all of these things. I'll tell you, the thing I appreciate the most is that he's taking a stand right now. And we need men like him and others who are willing to stand up and say that's not okay. They need to defend themselves because the truth needs to be heard. And John made this so clear. He made some great points, and I want to give those to you today in our situation report. The first one is this. Not one size fits all. There is not one size that fits all. How do we fight back against this? I asked that question, and John said, well, uh, there's not one size that fits all. You need to know where you are, understand what you believe, and fight from your position. I, I appreciate that because we don't all have the same platform as uh, John Schneider or someone else. There are others who have bigger platforms, many who have a lesser platform. But wherever we are, we need to be willing to stand up and fight back from where we are. That leads us then to our second point. We need to be willing to stand up and fight. <laughs> we have to fight back. We have to fight for truth. We have to fight for clarity. We have to be willing to say, hey, we need to step back, figure out what's actually going on, understand the truth, and then present the truth to others. We have to be willing to stand up and fight. Why? Well, that leads us to our third point today. Because if we're not willing to stand up and fight for the truth, particularly in our own lives then we lose our freedom. What is cancel culture? Cancel culture is others removing our freedom to think and act and speak in a way that responds to what we believe. We must be willing to stand up, to fight where we are, because if we don't, we lose the freedom that we have. That is today's situation report. Again, I appreciate so much this conversation. I hope that you did as well. Share this out. This is a message. This is a story that needs to be heard because frankly, uh, this is where we're living. And you might say that you are immune to this. You're not. Wherever you are, you need to be willing to understand at least <laughs> that what you think, what you believe, what you speak will only be protected if you're willing to stand up and fight for truth. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.